pretty sure this is the first time I haven't secretly started recording. I believe so. Knowing. I saw it this time. I thought we had the teardrop thing in there. I was like, that's funny. And then nope. nope. Missed it. We had a whole conversation about this book we're about to have another conversation about. Perfect. It's so that's, do. that's fun. Welcome back, everybody. Sarah Hi. and Liz are here. I'm Wait. Sarah. And I'm Liz. I felt like pitch perfect there. I didn't know we were singing. I know. Sing Wait, name. on three or three? <laughs> <laughs> on three or after three? That's how I feel. Uh, yeah, it's everything but the book. And we are here with another podcast. Sorry, it's been so long. Yeah, we had a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, like maybe like a season one, if you will. No, I'm just kidding. Here. We could. I don't know what makes a, a season. season. No idea. This could be season two. Yeah. Buckle Let's, up, bitches. Let's go. Let's manifest it. <laughs> yeah, buckle up, book bitches. Bitches. <laughs> <laughs> season two coming at you. <laughs> yeah, so we had guested on another podcast with our friend Amanda over at Bookishly Lit. Yes, go check it out. We had a ton of fun. I, I'm not going to lie, I usually don't end up listening to our episodes because after editing it mm-hmm. and living it, I feel like, ah, I've listened to it. Like, I know I know what I said, right? <laughs> but this one I actually did listen to. I was listening to it while I was on the treadmill and I was like, gosh, we're so hilarious. All of us are so hilarious. <laughs> So, yeah, if you're looking for some more bookish content, check out Bookishly Lit, also available on Spotify. And probably other places, but we just use Spotify. <laughs> yeah. First shout out of the day is to Amanda over that... Over the... Can't wait to review Ice Planet Barbarians with you. <laughs> for real, though. Fuck, yeah. Contact us, please. Your people so, contact our people, aka just us. <laughs> yeah. We are our own people. Speaking of Ice Planet Barbarians, <laughs> Alyssa, what have you been reading over our hiatus? Uh, Ice Planet Barbarians? <laughs> <laughs> Currently, I think I'm on book number seven, which is crazy sauce, because I feel like I really relate to all those memes where it's like, I started off as a joke and it's not a joke Bro, anymore. <laughs> it's not a joke anymore. That's how I feel. Um, the most recent one I read... Uh, had some triggers in it, but the author handled handled it in such a very eloquent way. And it's weird to have that be part of like a smut series. And it's I feel like Ruby Dixon is literally redefining the smut era. And I can't even talk about it because I'm so like she's so good at what she does. Like I know we had a little bit of a conversation earlier, but they yeah, have the smut varies. It's not you're not reading the same thing over and over again. The people are put in different scenarios. I think it helps that each book is focused on a different um, pair. And I think, I don't know, I I can't say enough about this series. I'm genuinely invested in the storyline. Yes. I know that this series like came in, and there's one user that, I don't know if it was her or not, but she made a video saying, like, I made everybody on BookTok read Ice Planet Barbarians. And that's where we got it from, right? It was one day. Mm-hmm. Yep. It was all about <laughs> my name, my favorite book, and my favorite author. And the next day it was like, giant blue aliens with huge penises. Everybody <laughs> read this 22 book long series. And I'm like, no fucking way. There's absolutely no way I am taking time out of my life <laughs> to read this series. And here I am. I'm now only two books in. 
And again, genuinely invested in the characters. Very much so. I love the way that the author... She's just witty. Writes them. And the thing that stood out to me about the first one, where the main characters are Georgie and Vectal... Shorgie. Shorgie is that their two voices are so distinctly different that you would have been able to tell their points of view apart, even if they weren't labeled. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought that was really cool. Right. But, like, uh, I don't know. We'll talk about it some other time. But yeah, if you guys are looking, for, <laughs> looking to switch it up in what you're reading... Uh, we can't recommend this enough. If you want to get the four-month uh, Kindle Unlimited trial, which we're on right now... Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you can read all 22 good. books. They're more novella length, yeah. so they're all under 300 pages. They're like around the 250 page mark. So, um, yeah, they're pretty quick reads. Very but quick reads. Yeah, not safe for work. I'll say that much. Very true. Would not. I mean, maybe read in a public place, but definitely don't let anybody behind you read what you're reading. I mean, hey, if they're into it, then both of you. You can just turn around. You can turn around and say you're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, it's a gift. <laughs> It's a gift. Nothing it's, more. It's good. It's a book. <laughs> Nothing more. Nothing more. <laughs> oh, okay. Gosh, enough about that. I can't believe... I can't believe it. I remember... <laughs> I the, can't believe how much I like these books. I think I, what, either that you texted me or you sent me a bunch of TikToks and you're like, we have to read this. And, and we're like, ha, 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 ha. And we're like, oh. 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 Yeah. Okay. And then we did it. And then we did it. We done darn did it. What have you read anything else? Has it been? We've read something together recently and we both have similar opinions on it. Oh shit. The Crown of Gilded Bones. Oh my god! Yes! The new From Blood and Ash book! I did I honestly was like, I don't think I'm gonna read it. And then I walked by it in the new releases at the library, and I was it just stared at me. It grew eyes and it stared at me from the bookshelf, and I was like all right, well, I guess you're coming home with me. <laughs> and I read it. Uh, I'm sure we'll do an episode. We have from Blood and Ash on the on the ticker for us to do full episodes up Which later. Which I think will be great because we can basically talk about how the first one was meh, the second one was fucking stupid, and then this third one we were like, wait, what? Redeeming qualities? Plot! <laughs> I will say that even though the third one is by far the best one in the series so far, it still has a long way to go for me to, like, like actually it. like it. And I'm using air quotes because I'm like, yeah, of course, I have read now three of these 700-page books. <laughs> I've sunk quite a bit of time into this. <laughs> now I feel like, now I'm to the point where I have to see it out to the end, whether it's four books or five books. God, who knows? I can't see it much going much longer than this fucking next book, I hope. Yeah. I I have a lot of opinions about it, and we, we'll get into it later, but uh, From Blood and Ash, another very popular series right now, if you're looking for something new and fantasy with... Read at your own risk, really. Yeah. yeah. You might hate it. You might like it. It's really a toss-up. There's, like, no... I don't... I haven't heard anybody go, like, meh. It's either you love it and are obsessed with it, or, like, you hate it. I want to have somebody on that loves it. And as those words come out of my mouth, I'm looking at you and I'm realizing that you really like it. And I'm like, why did I say that? I mean, I don't love it, you're so right you're not here. wrong. <laughs> you just said people either love it or they hate it. Like, well, I don't 
I don't love it. But I'm definitely like so if it's if it's a spectrum and I'm using like in love it's here and hate it's here, I'm like here. So it's not uh, either you love it or you Fine, hate it. Fine, you def- whatever. <laughs> Take it back. <laughs> but I'm just not like indifferent about it. I definitely like it. All right. Yeah. Okay, so there's that. Yeah, we read that around the same time, which is the first time we've done that in a while. Yeah. We keep saying, like, oh, yeah, we're going to read these books, and then we go off and... I'm like, shit, I have to catch up to Sarah. Some other random shit. We both hit 50 books this year. You, way before I did. That's fine. We all read at our own pace. Um, My cat is staring at you. Yeah. Hey, what's up, dude? Yeah, so we're recording in a in a new studio oh, today, yeah. aka Alyssa's living room. Yeah. If, if we sound like we're far apart, we are. And if you hear animals, it's because I've got a dog and two cats, yeah. and my the, dog is obsessed with my cat, and my cat hates my dog. So sorry yeah. for any of that. They like to fight, and I always shout to the death, and they're both still alive. So they haven't taken me seriously. Kind of offended, but. Oh, oh, there they go. Please stop it. You're ruining Do you know how much editing I'm going to have to do to get you out of this? Asshole. (laughs) Alright, what was the best book you read over our hiatus? So that would be, I guess, over the month of June. Call this the mini wrap-up. The mini wrap-up. Actually, I don't even know what my answer to this question is. I think mine is... I think I've got three top books and the first one is unchosen by Catherine blair oh my goodness it gives me such the last of us vibes and it is super good um it's about like three sisters and like there's a prophecy one of them was destined to like lead armies one of them is destined to be the chosen one the other one is like got like this you know like shitty shitty prophecy of like your faith will save us all and she's like cool so like what does that mean (laughs) great but she's always, uh, she's the, she's the middle child, and so she's always, um, not, not, like, well, she's, like, she's so pretty, she describes herself as, like, not pretty, but. Don't we all? Her, fucking true. Uh, her crush, uh, his name is Dean, I guess, is the boyfriend to her older sister, so she doesn't have a love life now, because, like, oh, those two jacked that's very, out. um... But she still loves him. To all the boys I've loved before. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Where the, the love interest is dating the older sister. Oh. Which is so weird to me. I think it's because me and my sisters are so far apart in age that the right. concept of that is, like, ew. ew. <laughs> but I guess if there were two people in high school, or of, I don't know. Yeah. Sure, go off. Losses. But there's this really cool, like, all of, there's this viral disease. It's, it's, it's kind of like bird box in a way. It's called the crimson, and you get it by, like, it, it's transferred, like, by eyesight. So if I look at you and I've got the crimson, now you have the crimson. Oh, fuck. So. I don't like that. Yeah. The only way to get rid of that is, like, you see the crimson and, like, now you're turning is to give it to, like, three other people, and then your eyes turn yellow and you can't get the crimson anymore. I can't remember what it's called. It's, like, a crazy name. Um, but you have to, like, live with yourself to give it to three other people and fucking condemn them, basically, right? So, there's the curse clean, which is, like, our normal eyes. The crimson and, like, the or, the yellow-eyed people or whatnot. And so, uh, all the people, there's, like, this weird faction war happening of, um, the, the, 
the yellow-eyed people who've gotten it want to help, like, everybody, like, end the crimson. And to do that, there's this prophecy about being a chosen one. And it stems from, like, this, uh, like, sea shanty based on, like, old legend of, like, this woman um, who was, like, the object of affection from, like, this pirate, and she didn't want to be with him anymore, so, like, she sacrificed herself, and, like, she cursed everybody because of, um, uh, the, the guy, like, kidnapped her or whatever, and it's, like, her redemption is, is, like, written on her rib and shit, and, like, so that's how the Crimson was released, and it's crazy. What in the fuck? I know. I, it, it's crazy. I feel it's like cool. you just talked about three books to me. <laughs> All at once, but I I know in my logic brain that you're talking about one book. Yeah, and then it's up to like these three sisters to like save the world, sort of. Three sisters, that is such a trope. It's it's everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's its own. I believe it's now its own its own trope. I think so. I think personally, it has a lot to do with the superstitious witch culture because there's the three the trinity the symbolism of there being three women is very strong in pagan neo-pagan witchcraft culture there's the 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 maiden the mother and the crone yes the three and so of course now we're seeing it in a lot of these books that have a lot of female protagonists right Mm mm-hmm Looking at you, quarter thorns and roses. <laughs> oh my, this book, Caraval, Two yeah. Sisters. Um, oh my god, we just read something with three sisters as well. Yeah, I can't man. remember. So, anyways, it's popular right now. Yeah. It's hot. I love it. I'm the oldest of three sisters, so I'm all here for it. I'm like, oh my god, us, we're the chosen ones. <laughs> Must be nice, me and my two brothers. <laughs> they can be your sisters. Yeah, sure, Nicholas. Get, get wrecked. Why not? Girls. They can be witches. They can. I hope so. Now I'm trying to think of what it was we read that had uh, that had three sisters in it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. But yeah, we did Anyways. both read it. Anyways. The plot of the book gets kicked off because obviously like the three sisters are kind of like together in like this like outpost rebellion type thing. And they get they get caught and like the other people who are trying to catch them and like sell them either like to the crimson so that the crimson can kill those guys and uh, destroy like the one. Oh, wait, you can really. sell it to the yeah. to the disease. Yeah, because some of them. What that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it's it's pretty crazy, but it's some of the disease people have more of their mind, and so they're able to communicate even though like they. It's not like zombies, but they become very like, like flesh hungry. If that makes sense, they become a part of a single conscience. Mm, ooh. Oh, I think so. Actually, oh, because do they? I think at one point she slashes this lady called the uh, the Vessel Queen. Pretty dope. And then when she got cut, my everybody else screamed. So yeah, I guess so. Oh. Yeah, so they become, like, a part of, like, one organism. Okay, so the same thing happens in the only five, my only five-star read for June. <laughs> yes! <laughs> which, uh, which was Aurora Rising by Jay Kristoff and Amy oh, Kaufman. Okay. It's the first of a trilogy, and the third one comes out later this year. There are three sisters. <laughs> there are not three sisters in this book. It's a sci-fi young adult series that takes place like a, a couple of decades into the future when 
you know, we've made, as a human race, we've made contact with a couple other alien races, and there were some wars, but we're past that now, and so now we have, like, these very shaky peace treaties with these other alien races, and have, like, joint Starfleet Academies, essentially. It's kind of like Star Trek-y, Ender's Game, I guess. I've never read Ender's Game or seen the movie, but... I don't think you have to see the movie. Most it's also a little don't. bit part passengers because the Ooh. the main character, Aurora, ends up, um, or they just call her Ari for short. She left Earth in kind of our time frame, maybe like a twenty thirty type place, which is weird to think that twenty thirty is like not far away. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and she ends up going off on a spaceship and she's in a cryo-vessel, and the spaceship gets lost for hundreds of years. Oh, shit. Yeah. She wakes up? And then she wakes up later. There's a whole... Yeah, there's a whole thing, but the first book was phenomenal. It's multiple POVs. The character... If you like Kristoff's writing, like, you can tell which... I think... I think... I don't know for sure. I think I can tell which chapters he wrote and which ones Amy Kaufman wrote. Okay. And they've also co-authored another series, The Illuminae Files. Oh, that's them too? Yeah. Oh, shit. They're fantastic. Um, Yeah. They're just so good and they have such a witty way of writing. I love how sassy all their characters are. (laughs) I think one of my top ten favorite book characters of all time is going to come out of this series. His name is Finian, and he's hilarious, and I love him so much. And he's going to be on the cover of the third one, so I'm like, well, there's no way he dies in the next one, because he's on the cover of the third one. In memoriam. <laughs> <laughs> I would be the so heart. fucking mad. <laughs> hey. If this book comes in the mail, and my favorite character's on the cover, but he died in the... I would be... Oh, oh that'd be God. so funny. I will be writing a letter to Jake Kristoff so fucking fast. Hey, he'd probably respond. He would. Because he, he likes respond. all of the yeah. things you tag him in. He That's does. That's right. Sarah's He's very active on his social media, and I appreciate that a lot. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Can't wait for Empire of the Vampire to come out this year. I pre-ordered it a zillion years ago. <laughs> <laughs> he also wrote the God's Grave. Uh, oh, that's right. The Never Night. Uh, not God's Grave. The Never Night that's Chronicles. That's like the third one, right? God's Grave. Or is it the second one? That's the second one. And the third one is Dark Dawn. Okay. Yeah. Never. <laughs> Drinking my water so I don't get dehydrated. Hot, it's hot, or as, die. hot as hell. Oh, well, should we actually talk like about. introduce the book? Yeah, that we're here to talk about. Sure. Now that we've dicked around for twenty minutes, <laughs> I mean, we could keep going and make this its own episode and then talk about Carol. <laughs> That's true. What if just, like, at the end we were like, oh, yeah, and also Caraval's a book. <laughs> just like, anyway, that's it. Hey, thanks for tuning in. Nothing more. <laughs> All right, let's... get there, smoothie? Let's get into it. Let's do it. Today, we at Everything But The Book are very excited to talk to you <laughs> about Stephanie Garber's Caraval, which is a trilogy mm-hmm. starting with the first book, Caraval. We, oh no, we read this book at very different times. Very different I times. I forced you to read this book at yes. some point. And it, because I think you were catching up in Shadow and Bone, 
And so then I read this one, like in between a couple of books, in between yeah. like, the Shadow and Bone stuff. That sounds right. It was earlier this year. I think, I yeah, think. Yeah, I definitely, yeah, I read these last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can't remember why I picked up this book. I wasn't on TikTok yet, so it wasn't that. Was it the internet? I have no idea where I got this. I don't even remember buying it. Really? Clearly I have it. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at it. <laughs> <laughs> it's real, folks. She's not lying. <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering if I've labeled this one so that I don't mix it up with, with yours because we have the same exact book sitting here. No, I have... I honestly have no idea where I got this book. And then I told you to read it and then did I only had the first one. I think I got the other two from the library. I think, actually, you had told me about this. I think this was, like, in the early midst of our book swapping. And uh, I think you had told me to read The Folk of the Air, and, said, and you said, hey, I actually have another series that you would really like. Yeah, this one was very close to The Folk of the Air for me. I don't remember where I heard about that one either. <laughs> Because I wasn't on TikTok. Oh, you love Holly Black. I love Holly Black. Yeah, I I follow her on all her shit. So that's where I got Folk of the Air. But I legitimately don't know. I'm at a loss. Was it because, did Stephanie put something on one of the Folk of the Air books, maybe? I don't know, like (gasps) a quote? And then you're like, who the fuck is this bitch? And you're like, oh Oh, shit, this is really good. Oh, that might be it. I have no idea. Maybe. Or maybe there was, like, a page in a book somewhere that's like, oh, if you like this, read these by these other... Maybe. I'm going to go back and forth on this all day, and I'm still not going to figure out (laughs) where the hell I got this book. Anyways, the point is, I got it. The cover's really pretty. I really like it. Oh, da-da-da-da-da. But it is a dust jacket, and it does not have anything on the hardcover, which kind of pains me. Just, like, a tiny bit. Except a tear! Which we mentioned earlier that must mean that Stephanie Garber is a murderer, but that's fine. Oh yeah, the tear the teardrop <laughs> in the as being like one of those symbols of Caraval is like, hmm. She's trying to build up her street cred. A teardrop? <laughs> Tattooed on your cheek, maybe? Is this like her first the way of like her first book, her first kill? It's her prison tattoo. <laughs> maybe. Maybe she does think of it as her prison kill. I don't know. We've been trying to get Stephanie Garber to be yeah on this podcast and since we have about a listenership of five and she's an international best-selling author you can imagine how successful that's been (laughs) (laughs) we thought we had the end because when she shared sarah's pictures her fan art her drawings yeah and she liked a couple of our uh Pictures. Or yeah, she's posts. also very active on social media, and she Except interacts with her fan base, which I really, I think, is very cool. Yes, it, it's really cool when like they like things. Like Jennifer L. Armitrout, like likes our photos on the reg when we tag her in them, even though they say, "Hey, this one was way better than the second one because this one had more plot." Interesting, you should say that. She hasn't liked any of the from Blood and Ash fan art that I posted the past <gasps> two days. Rude. Wow. What is she better than me? International best-selling author, and me with my six hundred Instagram followers. Hey, that's so good. <laughs> Speaking of that, we hit over four hundred recently. So oh that's yes, that's yes. cool. 
I mean, we started at the end of March, beginning of April, and it's now July. We have 400. Hell yeah. Look at us. I think that's pretty cool. Also, I think our Instagram's pretty cool. Yeah. If you are on our Instagram, give us a shout out because we'd really like to say hi. No, if you don't follow our Instagram, I'll kill you. <laughs> What's our summary of Caramel, Liz? <laughs> Transition. Biggie and George, I swear to God, hey. I'm gonna skin you. Come here. Oh, you think that's funny? You think it's really fucking funny? Huh? Caraval's non-spoiler summary. Be prepared to leave all you know behind and enter the festival known as Caraval. Scarlet Dragna has always known she is meant for more, seeking out the master of Caraval since she was a little girl with no response. However, everything changes when she receives a letter from Master Legend himself with two coveted tickets to Caraval, leaving behind her abusive father along with the promise of an arranged marriage on the island of Trista, Scarlet and her sister Donatella travel to Caraval. Upon arriving, Scarlet loses her sister and must find the courage and strength to survive Legend's many challenges, all while trying to remember that not everything is as it seems, and that it's only a game. Excellent. Excellent. Which is also the slogan of the book. Uh, remember, it's only a game. So, which ends up cropping up a lot because a lot, a lot. over the course of this book, you don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, what is real and what is it? Which is crazy because the main character, Scarlet, she takes everything very seriously, and so I took everything very seriously. That was the ceremonious lighting yep. of the candle. Yeah, we have it's no idea what's going on. Alright, Lissa's got her Briarwick candle. Oh, fingers crossed. Um, Alright, so I just pulled up my notes on Caraval, and I guess I was in some kind of mood oh. when I wrote them. Oh, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> are they good, or are they sassy? You being uh, sassy? I'm gonna go with yes. Um... I can I can start going through them. Please. All right, Please here we go. Do. Oh, so spoilers now, oh. probably. So. Oh, yep, yep. We're getting into the book. If you haven't read it, uh, we are going to talk about the plot and the characters and follow it through all the way to the end. Yeah. So, and not mention the second or third books, other than maybe their names. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. Here we go. Let's go. Here's my first note. Scarlet Dragna writes to the mysterious Caraval owner, Legend, who doesn't give her tickets or even the dignity of a response until she says, okay, I'm out, gonna get married, bye. (laughs) (laughs) The book starts out with this series of letters that a young Scarlet writes to Legend, who is this, like, who, who runs Caraval, everybody knows about it, and... She wants tickets to it. She wants to see it. She is drawn in by how mysterious it is and how fun and adventurous and blah, 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 blah. But she doesn't get a response until her final letter. So it's kind of like we grow up with Scarlet mm-hmm. in just a couple of pages, which I think is an interesting way to carry us through her development into adulthood. Mm-hmm. And then she writes a final letter, and she says, this is going to be my last letter. I'm engaged to, you know, a nice rich man. I will not be attending your bullshit festival that (laughs) I wasn't good enough to go to my whole life. The next thing she gets is tickets in the mail. 
crazy, ridiculous. Which leads me sus. to believe very sus that legend is not only sus, absolutely, but such Jesus Christ a sarcastic biatch. <laughs> He said, to be uh, like, oh, you don't care about this anymore? Here's some tickets. Let's see how much you really don't care about going. Uh, <laughs> and, um, uh, ugh. So already I'm not a big fan of Legend and his fucking attitude. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait till we get a little bit farther in and talk about that. The amount of sus, I think it's, again, like you said, very sus of Legend, right? I was so sus of you Legend. Love that word. I do. I did not know who the fuck Legend was, and I was trying to pin it on every person all the time. That, I think, is one of the great things about Garber's writing in this book, is that she gives you just enough to make you think it could legitimately be any of these characters. I could be Legend for all I knew when I was reading this book. I didn't fucking know. I think I made that joke on TikTok. (laughs) Wait, you totally did. Were you like, am I Legend? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we'll share that we'll share that TikTok when this episode comes out. We'll put it on the If Instagram. we remember, we'll share it. <laughs> Very true. But yeah, you're you're right. Okay, we'll get there. We'll get there. We'll um, get there. We'll get there. Some other stuff happens. My next note is walks in on her sister who is a slut. Immediately <laughs> She's making out with Julian, who is a known Pirish roguish rake, I guess. I guess. <laughs> Damn. I love this. So Scarlet's got a younger sister, Donatella, who we just called Tella most of the series, and she walks into like this storage room and she's making out with this sailor dude whose name is Julian. He's hot. Oh, everyone loves him, right? Because he's like tan and got curly dark hair and he's kind of not like the other boys. I don't even know if there are other boys. <laughs> There's not many, I'll say that much. They don't interact with them, that's for sure. That's very true, yes. <laughs> um, but I guess they were in cahoots, Tella and Julian, because uh-huh. they drugged Scarlet. Already with the kidnapping, let's go. Kidnap her and put her on a boat to take her to... Caraval, because she's not going to go. Yeah. She's not going to jeopardize this engagement. She's engaged to some lord or whomever. It doesn't matter. We have no idea who this guy is. Yeah, and she's like, yeah, I'm not going to go. I have these tickets, but nah, fuck it. And they're like, um, no, we're going to go. Yeah. But also you mentioned that their dad is abusive, and yes. he is. And if ever Scarlet messes up, he doesn't take it out on her because he knows that that doesn't work. He'll take it out on Tella, the younger sister, of whom Scarlet's pretty protective of. Yeah, I feel like I got... This might be a record. I don't know. I'd have to look at A Court of Thrones and Roses. But uh, my first red flag literally was on page 23 because of her dad just just being an abusive... Like, yeah, and he like dick. once drowned somebody. Like, yeah, I don't know. I don't remember if it was a boyfriend or just a friend. He drowned somebody. Yeah, like straight He's up a... killed them in order to punish Scarlet and Tella for yeah. being assholes. He does the murders. He do the, the kills. He unalives people. Yeah. So that's fucked up. And so they're like, we need to get away. Scarlet says, I'm not going to go. And they're like, 
you crazy. Rufie. And <laughs> they take her anyway. And so they get her to whatever island. I guess Caraval's on the same place. So, yeah. Every I, time. No, I don't know. I feel like they travel, right? Because that's what they her do. letters say. But then also the map is like, welcome to Caraval. And you're like, okay, wait, what? It, it feels, yeah. It's like a whole city. Yeah, it's like a whole city. All right, I'm a little confused as to how same. that happens. All right, here, you ready for my next note? Please. Okay, so they get there. Tella is there for like half a second. She's in the caravel already while Scarlet and Julian have to play this game themselves, apparently. Everyone keeps telling them that the game isn't real. So I'm skating over a lot here in this note. <laughs> Very a lot. They get there. They go to enter. Somehow Tella gets up. It get, ends up being separated. Mm-hmm. Scarlet and Julian have to, like, swim to shore. Yeah, because, like, they're, they were in a rowboat, and then it started taking on water, and then they had to swim the rest of the way to, to like, the caramel yeah, place. Yeah, to the little island. Uh-huh. It turns out Tell is already in yeah. the the place. Mm-hmm. In, like, a village. I'll say it's, like, a village. Yeah. That it takes place in. A and quiet town. <laughs> Scarlet gets offered her first deal. Oh, yes. Where there's this guy who's like, oh, I'll take you right to where your sister is. She asks, what's it going to cost her? Because everything's got to cost. And I forget what he says. I forget what he says, too. But she refuses it, and he shows her the door he was going to put her through. And Tell was right on the other side. Mm-hmm. And Scarlett was like, wait. And he's like, too late. Stupid. <laughs> and so now Tell is gone. But you bring up an interesting point. In Caraval or wherever they're technically at, you can pay, but you don't have to pay with money. It's all about secrets. It's all about, like, deals. It's not... It's anything but actual money. Yeah, currency is not the currency of this realm. I I have to make a Pirates of the Caribbean reference every day of my life. So that's mine for today. Perfect. Here we go. Check one. (laughs) So now Scarlet is with Julian, whom she is making allusions to that she's attracted to from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. She finds him attractive, but she knows that her sister, oh, or she thinks boy. her sister kind of likes him. Yeah, she knows she can't trust him, that's mm-hmm. for sure. She doesn't know what he's about, where he came from, uh, but that doesn't stop her from being attracted to him. And then, like, Legend gives them gifts, and so, like, they, after swimming, they get to the place, and they get to, like, this clothier, and it's like, oh, Legend has stuff for you. And you're like, wait, how the fuck does Legend know all this shit? Yeah, I guess he, at this point in time, they're thinking, oh, he's taking a special, special, I can't talk today. What is my problem? Uh, A special interest in the Dragna sisters because of their specific... Like, letter. Because of the letter, because of their life situation... He's giving them shit. Sure. All right. So, yeah, he gives them clothes. And she gets, like, this cool-ass dress that, like, changes with her mood. It changes colors with her mood. It's so cool. I want one. That'd be good. You never, you could only own one pair of, one, one item of clothing and you're set for life. So they, after they go to the clothing store, they meet a couple other different characters, but then they end up at this inn that they're supposed to be staying at. Yeah. Which is interesting, because, like, they had to get there by a certain time. You can't be out past midnight. It, so it, like, starts at midnight, 
Uh-huh. But after the first night, you can't be outside past midnight or else all the doors get locked and you get kicked out of the game. Yeah. That's one of the rules, I guess. So when they first enter, there's somebody that tells them all the rules. And again, they're like, oh, it's only a game. You know, don't let your eyes fool you. Whatever you see is part of the performance. And all of the people that are there, employed by Legend, are called performers. And you don't know who's playing the game and who's a part of it. Right. The entire time. The entire time. And... Oh, I was about to say, why are they even playing this fucking game? Apparently, Legend and all his immense magical power will grant one wish if you win the game. Which, when you first get there, you don't even know what the objective is. You just know that you are playing against other people to try and win it. So back to the inn. They get there hardly in the nick of time, because time, of course, flows weirdly in Caraval. Dare I say... The science is not explained. The all. science is not explained. We don't here. know why. The not time flows weird. It, like, is Legend weird. really that powerful to where he controls the flow of time? I don't is think so. He? Uh, I don't think so. I don't know. Probably not. Mm. Who knows? Anyways. Who's to say? Uh, they almost don't make it to their end in time. It seems that Donatella is the object of this game, and people go apeshit trying to gather her things and find clues. That's my next note. My next note says, first task fail, first task fail, sort of, hashtag, sorry, slash, bed arrangements and lies. Oh! <laughs> One. Bed. Tro. Woo! Yes! Except Scarlet ain't gonna have none of that shit. That's and true. she's she like, bitch, get said, your own room. She's like, get your own room. Not even sleep on the floor, sleep on the couch. Get in a different room. <laughs> she said, not today, Satan. <laughs> love that for her. Good, I mean, go she girl. hates that for her, but I love that for her. Really sticking to it. She thinks she hears Donatella in the room, but oh, Tella yeah. tells her to go away, and so she does. And then the next day, a man, like Tella's gone. Stuff? Yeah, she's gone. Straight up, the room is messy. Like it's, like an altercation has taken place. Mm-hmm. Like there has been full play. Yes, and not the good kind. I missed foul play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was running with it. I was um, like, yeah, because the night before she thought it was foreplay. Yes. Now she's thinking now it's foul play. play. <laughs> I'd like a, a two letters. That's what the book should say. <laughs> Instead of remember, it's only a game. It's a foreplay or foul play. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's the title of this Probably episode. wouldn't put in the YA section if that's what it was. Correct. But that's the title of this episode. <laughs> Damn. Damn, it's too good. For a player, foul play. But yes, so I guess people yes. are now figuring out that Tella, like, finding her is the key to winning the game. Because then they, everybody got, like, this, like, announcement note. type yeah. thing. Yeah. About, like, oh, yes. Finding the girl, blah, blah, blah. If I can find it somewhere. Oh, I'm... Yeah. Uh, this girl was last seen with Legend. If you catch her, you shall catch him as well. Of course, you might have to venture through hell. But if you succeed, you may find yourself rich. This year's winner will be granted one wish. Yeah, this is your first clue on the road to find her. The others will not be so easy to retrieve. Some will make you question your sanity and all that you believe. Clue number two, you'll discover in the rubble of her departure. Number three, you must earn. Number four will cost you something valuable. And five five requires a leap of faith. Most of you will fail, but one will surely succeed. You have five nights to find the four remaining clues, and then the girl and legend's wish will be yours. 
So yeah, Donatella immediately becomes the prize in a way. Which I'm now realizing was the goal all along. Yeah. I'm sure I realized that while reading the books at some point, uh-huh. but now it's re-clicking in my head. You're like, like, that's oh, why he got them there, was to make them a part, part of the game. Right. Not that he was extending, you know, a Gratuitous. chance for Scarlet to, you know, have one last hurrah at the bachelorette party of Caraval before she gets married. <laughs> you know, let's just be a really nice guy. Really yeah. accommodating. <laughs> My next note is... Please, please do it. Dante exists. He offers some help to Scarlet. He has tattoos and is untrustworthy, but hot so he can stay. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. So we meet Dante in the inn, and I, a person who claims to be his sister. Mm-hmm. And he... Like Valentina or something stupid like that. Yeah, yeah. But he says something about... How he knew this girl that loved legend, and she ended up killing herself over it. Yeah, because he didn't return like her feelings or whatever. Her yeah, or whatever. of course, classic, classic. Uh, and so he's there to figure out what happened to her. Again, Scarlet doesn't think he's trustworthy, but, but she does comment a lot on his attractiveness. And we now have these two attractive men in the story. Which one le- is legend? Is it one? Is it both? Is it so now we're thinking one of these guys has to be legend, right? <laughs> You're like, obviously, one of these is legend. I don't know who, but one of you fucks. <laughs> one, uh, because you can't have a tall, dark, handsome, mysterious male character without them being something insidious, right? The Darkling. The d- Fucking rude. You're obsessed with the Darkling. Uh, yeah, or am I, I have- just obsessed with Ben Barnes? Mmm. Yeah. It's been Barnes. <laughs> Anyways. Anyways, that was that was so last couple episodes ago. I know. You're gonna have to leave it. Leave it behind. Until season two. Or until you read Wool of Wolves. Yeah. Oh my god, we're so off time. Uh, da, 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 where am I? Okay, I have. They don't use money in Caraval. You pay in other things, more valuable things. It can be argued. Uh, Scarlet pays a fortune teller to tell her future with the truth, which I think is really a cool way of doing that. It was Nigel who gives off complete surreal vibes from Very, yeah, V surreal, V surreal. Except and really, it's the surreal gives off Nigel vibes because that's very true. The chicken and the egg type situation. Correct. I agree. Continue. But Nigel's covered in tattoos and. The way he tells fortunes is by, like, what do your eyes go to? So, uh, immediately, and that, like, tells him something about you, and, like, you can, he can see his future, he can see your future based on, like, what you're looking at on his body, and different things mean, like, different things, so it, I thought it was pretty cool how that happened, I was like, oh, okay. It was imaginative and original, I really liked that fortune teller scene. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, I completely forget what he told her. Um, he says... Sorry, I'm looking at it right now. Okay, so, like, th- like this is just an e- excerpt. Um, he's talking, he tells Scarlet that she has a lot of fear, and uh, he goes, Your eyes keep finding the painted lock on my lips. You feel trapped and unsafe. He pointed to the other side of... He pointed to the heart on the other side of his mouth. Your eyes land here as well. You want love and protection. 
and like there's different things he's got a lot of tattoos like a dagger a dragon um and others well let me find what he says is this where they say something like you feel guilty because you know that Tella likes this guy but you you like him. referring to Julian but you like him too like you would rather have his love than hers Some oh shit, shit. Like that. Does that sound familiar to make I that up? I feel like it does. I like to make things up. No, you're right, because it's like, what if Julian... She's talking about, like, what if Julian is listening outside the tent, and he goes... Um, Scarlet's like, I think he's the most most attractive person she's ever seen. Um, she's like, I also think he's very full of himself. Classic, he's got to be full of himself. He can't be humble. Uh, she goes, the person I'm going to marry, can you tell me what sort of man he is? Is he a good, honest person? And Nigel goes, no one is truly honest. Even if we don't lie to others, we often lie to ourselves. And the word good means different things to different people. I am sorry, but the man you will marry is not what you would call good at one time, perhaps. But he has turned from that path, and it is not yet clear if he will turn back. But it's interesting because Scarlet, again, like you said, was taking this so seriously, and yet we don't know if this is part of the game, if this is actually true or not. Or yeah, another thing where anything. where Scarlet's really into this, and don't know if it's real. Don't know how much stock you can put in it. The next thing I end up skipping over some stuff. I think the next uh, thing I have is that she finds this underground tunnel. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. she hears people screaming in it like they're being physically harmed. No, like, you're like right. They're, like they're being murdered, That's and nice. she's looking for these people, but she can't. She can't find anybody. It's raining hella hard outside. <laughs> yeah, it's really starting to come down. But yes, it's <laughs> bless you because they go on the hunt for for a symbol, and that leads to like this fountain area and then she pushes it and oh then like the teardrop symbol the caravel symbol yeah, yeah. was in the fountain yeah the they, murders so they find the catacombs essentially yes and uh they they go in there and they're looking for it she hears all these things and whoever she's i can't remember if she's with julian or dante um a servant tells her to leave and then she gets i think she's pulled away by julian yeah, and he's telling her, like, it's not real, whatever you're hearing, and she's mm-hmm. like, it's fucking real, I hear people being hurt down here, but he's telling her to go, go back, and so she does, they go back to the inn. I have slow burn with S plus J slash Julian's hurt. Oh, does he get hurt? I know he, bring, he brings, yeah, he brings back the earrings, because people were ransacking Tella's room mm-hmm. to look for the clue, and someone took earrings that had belonged to their mother mm-hmm. and so he gets back the earrings and gives them to Scarlet and this is like our first hint that he hey. reciprocates kind of these feelings for Scarlet is that he kind of went through a lot to get these these earrings back for her and they don't hold like a lot of value other than the sentimental value that they have to her mm-hmm. and so she's like he got me the earrings oh my goodness I wrote Wow, so cute, right? <laughs> I know I wrote that sarcastically, too. So, But that was like night one. That all happened on night one. From the finding and the unfinding of Tella to the slow burn. That was all one, like all one night. Yeah, this is... The pace is quick. We know we only have five days. Mm-hmm. 
And the book is what, 300 some odd pages? So we know we don't have a whole lot. Four, oh, 400 pages. Ish. Almost exact. All right, we know we don't have a super long time, but we cram a lot of stuff into these days. Um, I have the next day, <laughs> and it gets even worse because the next day Scarlet goes and like buys more dresses. Yeah, she's like buying, yeah, buying dresses. Buying clothes. Oh. I don't remember why she thinks it's so important to buy clothes, but they, um, she finds this store, goes and buys the dresses, and she's like, oh, well, how am I going to pay for these? And the person's like, oh, you can pay for them with two days of your life. First of all, what fucking dress is worth two days of anybody's life? Second of all, she agrees to it. Like an asshole. It's rather crazy. Like, what? How do you even manage... That's gonna be worse. How do you even manage to know when you're gonna die? Well, so this is... This ends up being my favorite part of the book. I'm not even gonna lie. Because the way that... Garber hits me with the one-two punch on this thing. So the, the storekeep is like, okay, you can pay with two days of your life. And Scarlet immediately thinks what we would all think, which is, oh, two days at the end of my life. Like, you know, that's something that future Scarlet has to worry about. That's not right. something that right now Scarlet has to worry about. And so she pays for them and she starts to get very dizzy and woozy and she's like what's happening and the storekeep is like I don't know when you're gonna die <laughs> so they're taking the days right now I remember reading that scene and being like oh shit oh fuck she already only had five days to find her sister Yikes. and now she's about to lose two of them <laughs> she's so fucked um <laughs> Dante finds her as she's, like, in this process of dying. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like passing out, but, you know, she's dying. And they, they get her back to the inn. Um, and I feel like Julian gives her... Yes. Gives her part of a life. Yes. Julian is like, what did you do? And she, like, kind of slurs through. And she's he's like, you're so stupid. Why'd you do that? Which is very much in, like, Titanic when Rose gets off the lifeboat and goes back to Jack. And he's like, you're so stupid, Rose. Why'd you do that? Yeah. Oh, only talking about my favorite part of the book. You can hear the thunderstorms in the background for ambiance. Where <laughs> she starts to die. And Julian's there, and he's like, that was really dumb, you shouldn't have done that. And she's like, I know. And then he's like, I'm going to take half of the payment. And so they end up exchanging blood. Gross, but kind of hot. And he <laughs> takes one of the days that she was going to have to pay. Mm -hmm. Which is crazy. I... <laughs> This is my note for it. Please. Julian offers to split the difference with her and they both die for a day. I find this utterly romantic. They exchange blood. It's hot. <laughs> I find really grotesque things romantic. I mean, the the gesture itself was rather crazy. Like, hey, you stupid. Like, that two days of your life is a lot. Let me, let me take one off, too. Yeah. And give you that back because you're crazy. And so now they've formed this connection over dying together. Essentially in each other's arms. Like Romeo and Juliet. 
exactly very much that. And I said, she has this fever dream while dead, comes out of it thinking Julian is legend. Right, because it was all about, wasn't this, no, this was the dresses, never mind, because she doesn't see the, or was this part of, no, because she got a little bit of Ico, right? Like, she the met sketchbook I, girl. The sketchbook girl, and she was like, I have to come see you in your dreams, so it's, like, safe or something like that, right? And so part of it was, like, she was yeah. also going to see... There's somebody whose job is literally just to record all the things that happen at Caraval, and they do it in a sketchbook, which I think is totally awesome. It's like the Chamber of Secrets, but sketches. Yeah, she was <laughs> saying that it's not safe to tell Scarlet the answers to the questions that she has, and now she's thinking that's because of Julian. And now she's like, oh, well, it's because he's definitely legend. Mm-hmm. But I want to rewind real quick, because I want to know, did you have I was very confused about what the heck that ice cream black and gray thing was about. So, like, Dante leaves because she thinks he's legend, and so he, like, she, Scarlet follows Dante across this bridge, and then she gets, like, an ice cream. She loses sight of Dante, and then the world is black and gray, mm-hmm. and then suddenly she does something else, and then it's back to color again. I'm like, what was the point of that scene, I guess? I th- so you mentioned it a... Oh, wait, no, not while we were recording. You mentioned it a little <laughs> bit earlier when we were talking about this, that Scarlet has this very attuned sense of people's emotions. Mm-hmm. It's like she can read auras. She's a witch. Basically, she can read people's R's and they come off to her in color. So I think that might have been like an especially distressing okay. scenario for her because it's like losing that sense. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> As they say, sense. say sense one more time. Sense. 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 <laughs> All right. Anyways. <laughs> um. Yeah, other than that, I'm not really sure. If it's just to say that this is a magic that happens in Caraval, like this is something that you can see. There's like one person, I think, that was still in color while she was doing Maybe it. Maybe it was Dante. That makes a lot of Maybe. sense because she was like tracking him or something. I don't know. Yeah, so she totally thought Legend was Dante. She dies, has this fever dream. Now she thinks it's Julian. Yeah. Like, who isn't at this point? At this point, I'm pretty sure I was like... It's too obvious. It can't be either of them. It's too obvious. I'm legend. <laughs> I am Spartacus. <laughs> but yeah, so we miss night three because she's dead. Uh, so we go into day four, where all I have is daddy's back. <laughs> I have, uh, she confronts him after the dream. He And Julian comes clean, kind of, saying that Rosa, the girl that killed himself, killed killed themselves was his sister and that he and Dante came back to get revenge on legend so that Rosa was his sister and that Dante was her fiance Uh, so they came back to the game to get revenge on legend and he admits that he knew that either her or Tella would be involved in the game when he brought them both to the island yikes and so he's telling her the truth that we know this far. Right. So now she feels like she can trust Julian a little bit more because he's finally coming clean, and I'm using air quotes here. Coming clean with all these secrets. More air quotes. Secrets. Secrets. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. And then I have her father 
and fiance are there. Dun, da, da, da. So Scarlett's dad shows up. Yes, yes, the abusive one we were talking about earlier. And then also with her fiance. Oh, we totally forgot. They were playing the fake engagement trope this whole time. Her oh, and yeah. Julian were. Yeah. They were they were pretending that he was her fiance. Mm-hmm. So now her real fiance shows up. Again, in air quotes, real fiance. <laughs> Because we don't know what the fuck is real anymore. Speaking of, we don't know what's real. Because she's never met him. She didn't know what he looks like. Right. Because they were all at the inn, and then that's when Scarlett heard her dad. So her and Julian, like, slip off into, like, there's, like, a passageway underneath, like, this inn or whatever. And leads to sewers. Guess what they find down there? Fucking Dante. Dante. Guess what? He's fucking dead. He's dead. He's super dead. <laughs> Yo, and they're like, oh dead. shit! This is when Scarlet's like, I'm not buying this shit anymore. This is not a game. People mm-hmm. are getting killed down here, mm-hmm. and that's when he, that's when Julian tells her like the, the yeah, truth. The truth. Okay, and then the yes, truth. now we're back, and uh, somebody, somebody was like, don't go to that dress shop or top hat place or whatever they were supposed to go to next because it was like maybe like the next yes, clue it was or like something. Hat shop. And that's where they meet the fiance. And that's where they meet the fiance. And so their whole charade gets busted. Yikes. And then the dad says that Scarlett now has to spend the night with the fiance as like an early wedding present. Gross. I wrote gross, but go off. <laughs> uh, Julian begs her not to because they're totes in love, Kay, that she is able to. <laughs> And off the Duke and escape with Julian. <laughs> yeah, so Julian begs her not to, and so the dad, like, slashes Julian's face open. Oh, that's right. That's how he gets his scar. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to defend her honor, I guess. I don't know what mine means. I'll have to go back and try to figure this out, but it says, boat escape. Pride and prejudice if it had gone right. Like, what does that even mean? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> What book were you reading? I don't know. If it had gone right. Yikes. I need to figure out the fuck that um, was about. Yeah, I... I think fuck, it was. I'm getting all the names mixed up. Scarlet is able to escape. She gets locked into this room with this guy who says he is her fiancé. And so she escaped. I don't know if it's a fire poker situation. I feel like there's always a fire poker involved. That... Was that that time? Yeah, because she definitely stabbed somebody. Yeah, that's got to be this part. And then she leaves. She skates with Julian. Mm-hmm. I figured out what it means. Enlighten. Because uh, it's raining. And so I guess I was Yes, having... it is currently raining outside. <laughs> it's also it. raining when Julian and Scarlet escape on the oh, boat. Oh, that's what you meant. And they okay. go to, like, Castle, whatever, Modalisto, or whatever it's called. Uh, Castle, no, yeah, Maldito. And they get there, and they're having, like, this, like, talk, and it's very passionate, and it, I guess it reminded me of the Pride and Prejudice scene where Darcy's like, uh, I know that I hate you and your whole family, but also I kind of love you. Will you marry me? Oh, but yeah. that's that's his first attempt at proposing to Elizabeth yeah, and, when he's like, end my torment of these last few months and be my wife. And she's like, I could never be prevailed, prevailed to love upon you. Baby. Yes, you're the last man on earth that I could ever be prevailed upon to marry. Yep. Ah! <laughs> but this goes right because uh, they... They talk through, and then they kiss. 
Yes! So it's Prime Prejudice gone correct because it was raining and they confessed nice. the nice. things to each other and, and then a kiss. She, she says something about the way he looks at her like she was his undoing. I know that's Oofed. somewhere in this book. and that's oh, like yes. That's my favorite way that... Oh that couples are described in YA fantasy books is that one is the undoing of the other. I don't know why I love that so much, but when that phrase comes up, I'm all in. So that was definitely in here. I also have some more castle shit goes down. We get to the climactic action, which is the jumping in the center of the carousel. Oh, wow. Where's yeah, the fucking you... carousel? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, I say, my shouts to the count. <laughs> that's the fire poker. Yeah. That's the fire poker. But yeah, they get to a carousel and they jump and they meet legend. But then... Yes, it brings them to this balcony where Tell is being... It's before that. It's Tell? like this... It's like a, like a like a grotto type thing first. Okay. And then Julian dies. Yes, I have legend kills Julian. And then uh, the, he, she gets the invite and then she gets over to the balcony with Tella. She finally uh, meets up with Tella first. Okay. And isn't, then that, isn't that great? Legend just kills Julian. We spent all this time. And we're like, who the fuck is... The, <laughs> we're like, who is Legend? Oh, wait. He's Legend. Like, Legend is Legend. It's not like he was who Yep, he was this some other character, and you thought it was one of these other dudes the whole time. Oh, um, rude. Yep, so now we're where Legend and Tella are. More secrets are revealed. We find out Rosa was not Julian's sister. Mm-hmm. But that she was a real person, and she did die. So all that we've heard about this Rosa character, she was real, but she wasn't Julian's sister. She wasn't engaged to Dante. So, I mean, who the fuck knows anymore? And then Tella's like, uh, Scarlet's trying to tell Tella. Tell Tella. Tell Tella. Tell Tella that, like, Legend is this bad guy, that he had people killed, and Tella's like, no. He's been, like, super nice. I've been... No way. He's been great. He's been taking care of me this whole week. I've been fed. I met this boy, and now I'm engaged to him. (laughs) But Daddy, I love him. But Daddy, I love him. Something that... It's something stupid. I Uh, said delusions? Daniel? Dad? (laughs) She found a boy she's in love with. Lo and behold, it's fucking legend. Classic. So this guy comes out and tells like, yeah, this is my boyfriend or whatever. And Scarlet's like, that's fucking legend. He's killed my only other friends I've met since I've been here. She's like, no, that's so great. Whatever. Um, I skip straight to Tella jumps off the balcony to her death. Correct. What the fuck? Yeah, no, very, very fucking confusing. You're like, why is everybody dying? <laughs> Everyone dies in this book. They should rename we this should. one, They All Die at the End. <laughs> These guys all die at the end. They really, truly do die at the end. Um, yeah, so Tella jumps to her death, and Scarlet finds out that Tella knew all along mm-hmm. about the game. She right. knew that they were going to be involved in it when they got her to the island. Um, and it had nothing to do, or very little to do with her letters that she was writing, because Tella was writing letters of her own to Legend. Mm -hmm. And the last letter was saying, please, my sister is, like, you know, losing herself because she has, she feels like she has to go marry this guy. Put us in your game. I'll do whatever you want. Mm -hmm. And so Legend essentially is like, will you be the game? She's like, sure. 
Wow. And that's how they ended up getting invited. Which, what a fuck you to Scarlet. Like, actually, this had, nothing, this had nothing to do with you. It was she all was your not sister. the main character of this story. She has so little main character energy by the end of this book. Um, and there's also a little bit of... They think that their grandmother and Legend had a thing, like had a romantic thing, and now Legend's out to get them because they're the bloodline of their grandmother. Yeah. Science not explained there. No. At all, whatsoever. And honestly, I don't even think it's that important. No. Uh, Just know that that was a thing. That's why they thought Legend was out to get them. Uh, Tella was helping Legend pull the strings the whole time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... Scarlet like wins, I guess, and her right. and her wishes to bring Tella back because then she has to decide between Julian and Tella, and she picks Tella. And it's important to note that like her dad was there for Tella dying or something, and so like he leaves. So Scarlet. he thinks she's dead and like thinks it's all his fault and leaves her to like live her own life. Mm-hmm. So okay, so one problem is oh. down. Cool. Great. Uh, Julian's dead. Tella's dead. Dante's dead. Dante's Don't forget dead. the hot tattoo guy is dead. Can't forget that. Uh, yeah, so who's really <laughs> winning here? <laughs> but Scarlet does. Um, so her wish is to bring Tella back. Yeah. Which happens. happens. Yay. Tella's back. Julian's dead. Dante's dead. Just Tella now. I don't think I should say my next uh, no. Oh, oh, I want you to. What is it? Please. Oh. Everyone who dies in the game is actually alive at the end. Wow, thank God. <laughs> yeah. This was all part of the game. Yeah, remember when we didn't know what was real and what was not? Guess what? It None of it was all real. not real, save for one thing. That Julian really does care for Scarlet. And his name is Julian. <laughs> and his name is actually Julian. <laughs> so all of those characters, they're actors, they're performers in Legends Troop, they travel around with him, they die, and they really do die. We, again, science has not explained on what the fuck Legends' power is, but we know he's very, very powerful. Right. He, he literally create. brings them back life it feels like a video game it's like they've run their course in the game or like a like a play and like where like there are staged deaths like you die in the play but at the end like you still come out for like the encore like yeah. that's really what it feels like is that legend can just bring anybody back and again everybody's playing a role so the guy who was supposed daniel aka tell his fake fiance aka aka legend, legend is not legend. Not really legend. Who the fuck is legend? Turns out, we've gotten this through this whole book, we still don't know who he is. No idea who So now is. everybody is back on the table, because remember, everyone's alive again. So it really could be any character. Dante. Julian. Me. Fuck you, Daniel. You. <laughs> Scarlet's legend. Who knows? Um, yeah, so everybody's back, and everybody has like this like end of Caraval barbecue. Yes! I was... <laughs> There's an after party. <laughs> the rap party, guys. There's a rap party. Rap party is actually a good word for it. Yeah. So they all go and like the VIPs from Caraval also get to go. Uh-huh. Uh, so Tella and Scarlet, having been performers themselves, unbeknownst to Scarlet, 
get to go to this after party. This is where she confronts Julian. And he's like, I really do care about you. And she's like, well, I care about you too. He's like, cool. Ooh, cool. Um, you wanna... Let's try this. Let's try telling each other the truth, even though there are some truths that he just can't tell her. He physically can't tell her. Mm-hmm. And we don't know why. We don't yeah. know why yet. Um, but he like also invites her to like... Not even, like, just work it out, but to spend the next care of all with them. Yes! He's like, like, hey. Stay. Come be a performer. Come work for Legend. Stay with us. So it's like, okay. And then she's like, all right. Because I like this guy, and this is really the only guy I've liked my entire life, we're going to see how this goes. Just for another season. Yeah. See what happens. Yeah. Meanwhile, tell her. Meanwhile... I have, um... Tell's getting frisky. We have a cliffhanger ending, leading us to believe that Tella will be the next main character. Okay! That's what I wrote. Okay. Yes. The book literally ends like this. Dear Stonatella, congratulations on escaping your father and surviving care of all. I am pleased our plan worked, although I have no doubts you would survive the game. I'm sure your mother would be quite proud, and I believe you should be able to see her soon. But first, you must keep up your end of our bargain. I hope you haven't forgotten what you owe me in exchange for all I've shared with you. I plan on collecting my payment very soon. Truly yours, a friend. And you're like, who? What? Because it wasn't signed by Legend, because Legend signs his shit. He, he either signs it Legend or like L or some shit. Right. This just says, a, a friend. friend. And he also mentions the mom, which we kind of forgot to talk about. Their mom is missing. Her, their mom. Yes, their mom's not dead. She's missing. Yeah, she straight up GTFO'd from their house, and they and the sisters think it's because her dad's abusive. Yeah, this seems like there's know. something else. We don't know. And so we don't know because she was dancing, getting drunk at the ball. She's making out with Dante in mm. the forest or whatever. Yeah. And she gets this note slipped into her pocket, and she hardly even notices it until the next day. And that's it. That's it. That's how this book ends. Wow. Like. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here. So I'm remembering how frustrated I was not knowing what was real and what wasn't. Because we're seeing this through Scarlett's perspective and she's a very serious person. So she's taking everything very seriously. So I think that fits. Right. I felt felt very connected to this character because I feel like that's how I react. (laughs) very seriously and be like yeah yeah i'd be very frustrated too like what the fuck is happening i like it was light on the romance subplot between her and julian but i really liked it it was a good slow burn because julian's not a good guy Mm -hmm. he's not the good guy but he's not the bad guy either Morally gray yeah he's in that gray area that we kind (laughs) of love but he has a good heart Mm-hmm. Good heart. And we love that about him. So I thought Julian was a good love interest. I like Scarlet. I like that she's very much the older sister type. Because again, older sister here. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said I really like the, well, my thoughts were I really like the trade aspect that it was not about money. Um that this was a personal discovery in a weird way. I really mm-hmm. liked how Scarlett learned a lot about herself 
and what she was willing to do for others and what what, what her boundaries really were. And you got to see that, and I mm-hmm. thought that was really cool. And that when it came down to it, even though the fortune teller told her she would do otherwise, when she had a choice between Julian and Tella, she picked Tella. Because mm-hmm. I think if she would have picked Julian, we know now that Julian's going to come back to life regardless. Right. But she didn't know that. Mm-hmm. And I think... If she had picked Julian, I don't think Tella would have come back. I, I think Tella would have been dead, and I think Tella knew that Scarlet was going to pick her. Yeah, that's a lot of trust. That's so much. I don't know if I'd do that for my fucking sister. <laughs> <laughs> Talking to you, Rachel. <laughs> um, I also said the amount of chaos in this book is anxiety-raising. Oh, so chaotic. All the different characters you meet, and you don't know who's playing, who's part of the show. Like, and everything everyone is telling you is getting rewritten in the next scene. So it's very, like, ah, keeping you on the edge of your seat for sure. Very much so. It's a page-turner, as they call it. Yeah, it really is. Because you have to know what happens. You have to get to the end to be like, what is going on? And you still real, don't know. And now, it turns out, you haven't met everybody yet, and you don't know what other games are being played. Because it turns out, Caraval was only the game. And we're very soon going to get into... Not a game. Not games. <laughs> it's going to turn into not a game very quickly. <laughs> Remember, it's not a game. Yeah. It's your life now. Um, yeah. I, t- I think that's... Pretty much it for my likes and dislikes of this book. I said my dislikes were how icky the dad was. Oh, he sucks. I did feel manipulated in a way. I did. I said did feel manipulated in a way. Did not know what it what it was for. Didn't know who it was for. I don't know what that really means, honestly. Mm. Oh, Don Profound Donatella or Scarlet. I think that's really what it was. Didn't know who, because it felt like while we were having Scarlet be like the main character of the story, it was also for Donatella too, in a weird sort of way. Again, talking about the faith and the trust, and having her pick, having Scarlet pick her to come yeah, back alive. She's, she's very much uh, introduced as this ditzy younger sister character mm-hmm. that knows nothing and gets lost and blah blah blah. But it turns out she had a lot of agency in that. Mm-hmm. She made that decision to do this for her older sister to try and get her out of this engagement that she knew she didn't want to be in mm-hmm. um yeah I have a favorite quote I don't know if you what know. is it it's on page 310 which is Caraval takes place at night because you like to watch and see what people do when they think there are no consequences ooh I like that cause it's true you know, yeah. The nighttime is when people think they can get away with things. And, and like so what do people do? That's why it's like that's sorry, I should lead back. That's why Caraval does take place during the night. Like you're not you're not supposed to be out during the day. You're supposed to be like sleeping and stuff. Oh, but that's right. We got it. We night. got it mixed up. Yeah. The the game plays at night. So it's and that's like the whole premise is like that's why it's at night because they want to see what you do like what you'll do when you think there are no consequences. Yeah, especially because you're being told constantly, this is just a game. Like, nothing hurts anybody. Mm-hmm. Totally up to you. Whatever you do, there are no consequences. And now people act a damn fool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
I enjoyed the premise. I really love Stephanie Garber's writing. Mm-hmm. I think she makes kind of uninteresting characters seem very endearing. Like, I don't think Julian has a lot going for him as a complex love interest character, but I still find him interesting. Right. I think she just has a good enough hold on the story to make it that way. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see from her more interesting, more complex characters. Maybe we'll get those in the next book. I don't know. Who knows? I really hope so, because you're right. Like, this does... It's a very easy read, even though it's very chaotic. It is... It's. It doesn't feel like there's, like, a lot of depth. We do get a little bit more depth with certain characters within Oh, the that's series. what I meant, like, the next book we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, the next book that's coming Yes, she is. Really, we're not going to talk about what it is until after we review the next book. But um, she's got a new book coming out in September. I pre-ordered the Barnes & Noble version. The with pink the, one. The pink cover. Because <laughs> there's a black cover and the pink cover, and I want them both. Apparently there's a white cover, too. It's a UK <gasps> version. Why do the UK versions always have white covers? The Throne of Glass is like that, too. The paperbacks are all white. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they're really pretty. Whatever. Ugh! Stupid Brits. This is 4th of July weekend. How dare they do this to me? <laughs> or maybe it's the Owl Crate version. It's one of those, too. Something. Can't remember. Something like that. Anyway. What did you rate this book? Um... This book is a three and a half out of five ooh, stars for me. Ooh, okay. I gave it a four. Nice. Because I did enjoy it, and I liked the premise, and I loved the cliffhanger. I loved that it kept me mm-hmm. wanting to see where this story went. Because you know by the end of this book, it's not just going to be the next Caraval all over again. Now that we're in on it, the stakes get a lot higher. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. This, this book kept me... I think this was the first book that made me not trust anything afterwards. Of like normally, I this book gave me trust issues because <laughs> I feel like sometimes in books, like I can actually tell who the baddie is, and then all of a sudden, like with this book, I couldn't. I'm like, no, I want to know who Legend is. I literally was like thinking, I am Legend. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Um, and then I feel like after reading Caraval, like the series, and then going into other books, I'm like, it's is it this person? Is it this person? I feel like sometimes I can't actually enjoy the book because I'm like, is it this person? I have to figure it it out. Oh my gosh. It could be this person. I don't want to look like a fool. Yeah. I have to tell myself that sometimes. And I'm like, Sarah, the author will tell you when they tell you, like you don't have to figure it out before the author tells you. And I'm like, but I would lose a lot of personal pride if I didn't figure it out first. We'll get there. We'll get there. Right. (laughs) Um, you made it a four. I did. That's excellent. I'm surprised you gave it a three and a half. That's pretty good. Hey, that, that that's a seven out of ten. That is a passing grade. Passing grade for me. I don't know if I've ever seen you give a four out. Oh, I give out lots of fours. What was the last book you gave a four that we've reviewed? Any of the Shadow and Bones? Oh. Uh, definitely wasn't Ruin Rising. It may. <laughs> I'm like been perhaps Siege and Storm. Siege and Storm. Ooh. Um. Okay, let me get back to you on that, actually. Or did you rate any of the Akatars a four? Um... So we definitely gave Wings Room a three. Um... Now I'm like, um, I give books fours all the time. I feel like you don't. Uh... <laughs> I gave Ice Planet Barbarians a four. <laughs> 
Ain't it funny how it all comes back around? Uh, I also gave The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue a four, but I'll Shocker. talk more about that we later. We need to have an episode because I've got some things. Talk about that later. Yeah, I have tons of fours in here. Do you really? Yeah, Sorcery of Thorns by Margaret Rogerson. Books that we've reviewed for the podcast. How about that? Oh. Okay, cool. Oops, Um. No. Okay, sorry, way to get off track. Uh, I want to talk about one more thing with this book, which yeah. is the carnival trope. Why do you think this is so popular right now? Because <laughs> I... This Maybe is the, the first... This is another thing, too. Actually, yes. there's a lot of circus things out there. Yes, there's a ton of them right now. It's funny, there's like an excerpt of a carnival in the second book of the Throne of Glass series. Which, there you go. What is with carnivals in literature? Like, what is it about carnivals? Especially the carnivals that take place at night. I think People it's the mystique. just love it i think i think it goes back to the quote like there's no there people feel like there are no consequences at night so if you can indulge in like whatever is your um like your vice, private fantasy your fantasy yeah like, i you you can go see the creepy you can go see the weird and you can uh that's like the only time it's acceptable to like those weird things is at, is at a carnival because other people are gawking at it too i feel like that's why oh Maybe. Because it takes me back to, like, the Phantom of the Opera when, yes. when they find... I, I, oh, my God. Liz, I had the same <laughs> thought earlier when I was like, all right, I'm going to ask Alyssa this question. And it came back to that scene where he's... In the Phantom... The, in the When cage. he's a kid. Yeah. Is the thing that everybody else is looking at, and they feel like it's okay. Like, society can't constrict them to laugh and to point and to be enthralled because they're in this weird environment it's almost like you're leaving Mm -hmm. what is reality and going into something that's entirely different and it's the exact same in the night circus and i've said on our previous episode that we did with hannah that i rated the night circus very low especially compared to this book i did not like that book at all i didn't like the writing style i didn't like the story i thought the love interests were boring (laughs) as hell but people really love that book. People like that book a lot more than this one. Really? And I don't get it. Okay. I didn't get it. Um, yeah, legitimately, I, I didn't get The Night Circus. There's a couple of other ones that I think are on my list that are all circusy themed. But to be honest, I'm not a big fan of the trope of it. No. Seems like a lot of work. It is. And even though you have to put so much work into it as an author, I feel like it's still pretty unoriginal. Yeah. I don't like it. I I wonder if it's just because it's also... It, it's not that it's not acceptable anymore, but it's not commonplace anymore to like to go to the circus to see these oddities because now yeah. we start to embrace the things that make us different. It's also what, like, The Greatest Showman. <laughs> really, The Greatest Showman is the best example of the carnival trope, so everybody else can step down. Stop writing your book. <laughs> Hugh Jackman already did it. <laughs> this is the greatest show. Bad, bad. Yeah. yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the carnival trope, which is hilarious because I fucking love carnivals and the circus in real life. Do you really? I love clowns. Ew. I no. think they are funny. No. I Scary. Really, I... Dude, no! Oh, Sarah, like this my is favorite part of the circus. We are ending the podcast. I, this is it. We're over. 
I like clowns. I legit, Crazy. when they come out in their little car and there's 20 of them in there, I am like, oh my God. And they got their big shoes on. And, like, and there's so much acting involved in what they do because they don't really speak. Clowns don't really speak. Um, yeah. They have like big facial expression. I don't know. Ever since I was a kid, I was always kind of enthralled with that. It's probably why my teachers thought I was a serial killer. <laughs> Probably in high so. school. There you go. That's it. <laughs> and you'll never know. Anyways. <laughs> um, help. <laughs> this is like, I really shouldn't be alone in my house with this person anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, so. Yeah. I mean, I thought this was a really good book, too. I was really glad that you gave it to me to read. And then I immediately, after reading this first one, immediately bought the, like, the series. Because I was like, well, now I need to read the other two. Let's Hell go. Yeah. Hell yeah. And so that's what we'll talk about next time. Yeah. We will get into the second book of the Caraval Trilogy, which is legendary. Legendary. It's going to be, wait for it, legendary. Legendary. <laughs> uh, shocker to no one, it's my favorite book of the series. The yes. One. This makes a lot of sense. I don't know why I love the sequels and trilogies so much. Sometimes, not all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, they have to be good. Yes. They have to objectively it's be good. It's not Blood and Honey. Oh! <laughs> Triggered Sarah. Sorry, guys. We're going to go it's on It's not A Kingdom of Flesh and Fire. <laughs> oh, that one, too. <laughs> Anyways. All right. This is the end. If you... <laughs> have read Caraval, please let us know what you think of the book. Did you agree with our ratings? Did you not like it? Did you like The Night Circus better? Are you a psycho? <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a poll out there. Let us know. Um, yeah, just are you a psycho? Yes, no. And I'll know which of these books, The Night Circus and Caraval, you like better. <laughs> so if you are not follow- following us on all of our social media, please do so. We are everythingbutthebookpod at gmail if you want to email us. Everythingbutthebookpod.com if you want to check us out, big shout out to my friend Brittany. Thank you. I was who, going to try to figure that out. Uh, hit us up on our website and gave us a new recommendation for a book. Which I bought. It's on its way. Which Liz already <laughs> bought. Uh, Brittany and I went to middle school together. <laughs> we haven't spoken in years, it feels like. Um, but yeah, it was really cool to hear from you, Brittany. Thank you so much for hitting us up and, uh, yeah, giving us a new book to read. Whoop, whoop. So hopefully we can talk about that here on the pod soon. Yeah. And, yeah, if you have any recommendations for us. Always. Always and forever. We're here to hear it. We will catch you next time. This has been Sarah and Liz. <laughs> Bye! <laughs> I fucked it up. May. Stop recording! <laughs>